All right, uh, it's announcement time uh, from from Legoland, Florida. We're in front of Coaster Soaring. Our kids doing a coaster on their own, and it's a dinosaur. We'll see if they come back. Hey, uh, this Wednesday is Jam Night. It's uh, September 27th. Bring your instruments, sing along. There's my kids. They survived. Uh, we're going to have a great time at Jam Night. They'll be there. That's this Wednesday. The following Wednesday, uh, October 4th, is going to be our next One More Youth. That is for middle schoolers and high schoolers, uh, junior high through senior high, 6th through 12th grade, are welcome to join us. So, uh, yeah, join us. Also, uh, we're going to be uh, starting to gather the candy for Fall Fest. That's going to be October 27th. That's going to be an awesome time. We're going to have an amazing concert, bounce houses, games. Yeah, won't want to miss it. Even more fun than Legoland, right? No. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Legoland's pretty sweet. And, uh, and you guys did great. So that's the announcements. What do you guys say? Can you help me? Let's, Let's get, get ready, ready for, for church. church. Hey, good morning online. So glad to have you with us. Uh, we're getting ready to hop into worship here. It's actually really rainy here. So everybody's kind of struggling in a little wet. Hope it's not raining where you are. Then we're going to finish our series called Sword Sharpening, uh, part 18 today. I've got some really good stuff. So get your Bible, get comfy, have a coffee. Here we go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is great to see all your faces. We are looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the Word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do. Although I think you all know what's going on. We're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her or who are watching online through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to Sunday school. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Doug today. We are finishing up the sword sharpening series. And um, still hitting some like very brain stretching things today. So... um. It's, yeah, it's going to be good. Before we dive into all of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we ask this morning that our praise would become your house. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for how you've been moving and stirring things inside of us this week. We thank you for how you've been showing yourself and proving your faithfulness through the week in the big ways and in the small ways. Papa, this morning we give you our hearts and we say they're yours, Papa. We give you permission to mold and shape them after your heart. We ask you to continue growing those kingdom attributes, those family traits that we share with you. We ask that you empower us to show those traits to each person around us that your love would spill out of us 
continue bringing lost kids back into your family. Use us as you see fit, Papa. We love you so much and we thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, let your continual mercy cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without you, preserve and protect it by your goodness and grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pastor Fran. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Same matter took the cup. So last night of the Passover celebration, cups of plagues and sanctification and important celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance of remembrance that we call communion of the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, when we get together and partake in this meal, I want you to remember me. So his friends gather this morning, we too can partake in this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. We remember, give thanks, remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. Want to remember how he died and rose again. Want to remember on Thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table, the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. It says we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to start our time of worship now. And I always like to encourage us all to sing out. Lift your voices. Praise the Lord. He is worthy of our praise here in this place today. We're going to see the words on the screens. Sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Pray. 
standing open in heaven and a voice like a trumpet calling, come up here, come up here and I will show you. Day and night, night. 
So, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. God, you're good to us and we love you. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken, that are taught. Use those words to stir up our hearts towards you, Father. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you come on up and teach the children a Bible verse? 
Good morning. <clears throat> okay, I thought I saw a little one. It's okay. Okay, so today's story comes to us from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, and it's a really good one. As always, Jesus has been talking about, teaching about God and about his kingdom, and this time he is teaching them about the last days and the last day. And he tells them that the last day is when Jesus is coming back to earth. And that's so exciting, right? And he tells them, though, that no one knows when that will happen, right? There's nobody knows when that will happen. And then he tells them a parable or a story about three servants. And he says, this is what it will be like. A man goes on a journey Right, but before leaving, going on on this journey, he calls three of his servants and he gives each of them money, and he gives one of the servants five talents, which is money. He gives the second servant two talents, and then he gives his third servant one talent, each according to what the master felt that they could handle. Right, and then he goes off on his trip. Well, the first servant, that servant that received five talents, he goes and he goes and takes the money and makes even more money. He makes an additional five talents. In the same way, the second servant goes and he invests that money and he makes two more talents. But the last servant, he decides that he is going to dig a hole put the talent in it and bury it in the ground. Well, after a long while, the master comes home and he wants to see what his servants have done with that money. And the first servant that had five talents and the second servant that had two talents come before him and they give him, right, the talents plus more that they have done with it. So he gave, he gave, they gave him, the master, even more. And the master individually tells them our Bible verse for today that is found in Matthew 25, verse 21. His, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. And they were so happy. Then the last servant comes and he gives back to his master the one talent. And he tells the master, I was afraid. And so I dug a hole and I hit the money in the ground. And the master is so upset because he told them, you could have at least given the money to the bankers. And when I returned, I could have had my the talent plus the interest. And... The master takes away the talent from this one servant and gives the talent to the servant that has 10. And he tells them, everybody who has, it will get more. But anyone who wastes what he has, even what he has, will be taken from him. And it's just a picture of the fact that God has given us so much, right? And he expects us to invest our lives in honoring him, bringing him glory, and increasing the kingdom, right? Yes. Good stuff. Okay. Good, good things. Good things. Yes. Okay. So please, everyone, help me tell the kids all the Bible, the Bible verse for today and everybody that's listening online. Hello, online people. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matthew 25, 21. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. So beautiful, right? Yeah, so good, so good. Okay, all right. You all get stickers. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's pray for our kids. Holy Father, Holy Spirit, just come, Lord God. And Lord, we just pray that you would just show yourself to our kids, Lord God, that they will know, Father, that you are real, Lord, that the things that you've promised will come about, Lord. And I pray that they will understand what it is to know that you have made plans for them. You have prepared good works for them to do, Lord God. And Father, that you've empowered them to do these good works, Lord. I pray that they would understand these truths, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Good morning, once again, on the lovely, sunshiny day. No, it was... We like rainy days. We, yeah, yeah, rainy days. Or not, you know, like some rain, right? But then there's a lot as, of rain. As long Today as there's not those... 40 days, we're okay. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe it'll clear up eventually, within the next 40 days. But... Um, I'm always so excited uh, when I get the opportunity to share, and uh, uh, we're going to be closing up uh, the series we've been in today, and uh, it's really not so much an ending, it's more of a segue. Uh, You know, Dad's been showing me what we're going to be going over in this next upcoming season, and it's really exciting, really good stuff, so uh, uh, it's such a privilege to get to set up for the the next one, and we'll kind of be going over that here in a minute, but a few little items of church keeping, as I like to call it. We're going to see a giant QR code uh, on the screens to the side of me. Uh, That QR code uh, takes you to a landing page with a bunch of useful links. Okay, That's literally what I've called the web page, useful links. Uh, It'll give you access to uh, our connect card. So if you're new to the church and you'd like to get better connected, scan that, click the link that says connect card, uh, fill that out, and then we'll be in touch with you. Uh, there's, there's other links on there as well. You can access your fill-in notes. Uh, there's instructions to get on our listening assistance on your phone if you need that. The translation setup is there as well. And uh, you can even watch the live stream uh, from that link. It's pretty cool, but uh, I suggest you watch in person if you're here. And if you're watching online, you're already watching online. So good stuff. But yeah, scan that. Save that landing page on your your phone if you want, and uh, that link is going to be going away now. Uh, we also take this time in our services, and we encourage all of us, our church, to be praying for our neighbors. Pray for your community. Pray for the people who live in the homes around yours. It makes a big difference when we do that. Uh, prayer makes an impact. We believe that, and we, we, we practice it, and we encourage you, we implore you to pray for your community and to reinforce that idea. Let's pray together for our neighbors. Holy Spirit, would you come 
as you are so, so faithful to show up. Lord, we love you. We worship you. You're awesome. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our Sunday morning, God. You're worthy than so much more than we can give you, God. And we just want to say thank you for how good you are to us, Lord. And Father, we thank you for these islands we get to call home or uh, destination for some. Lord, we're, we're so thankful for the beauty of your creation. Lord God, I lift up the inhabitants of these islands from Key West all the way up, God, that uh, everybody who sets foot on these islands would know your presence, would know how close you are to them, God. Lord God, we mean it when we say we want to see your kingdom break through in the Florida Keys. May your will be done here as it is in heaven, God. We want to see hundreds and hundreds upon thousands upon thousands come to know you as their Lord and Savior here at home, God. So may your kingdom come mightily. Lord, I lift up the churches that neighbor our church. God, I'd ask that you'd bless them, those churches that are proclaiming your gospel, that are that are showing your love, God, bless them with every resource, with every provision, with every person that they need to fulfill the missions that you've called them to. We love you, God, and we are so thankful for this time, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, as I mentioned, we are in our last part of Sword Sharpening. This is the 18th message uh, in this series, and this series has been all about making the most out of our time with the Bible. And uh, we're going to be ending this series today by going back to one of the verses we looked at in the beginning, Mark chapter 12, verse 24. And we're going to be taking that verse and we're going to be looking at it in context. Uh, but before we jump into that, Kimmy and I did travel this week. We took our kids and my folks went with us to Legoland, Florida, and we had a blast. We, you know, uh, in Legoland, they wave like this with the little, the hands that can clip on. And that was, that was cute. But, um, when we got home, we discovered that our house had been broken into, and someone stole all of our fruit. I was peachless. That was, that was a Pastor Billy joke. Our home was secure. We have a, we have Everything's a lock. Everything's fine. But uh, still peachless, though. That's so mean. People are like, oh my, sympathy is it, happening. It's all about the setup. And I thought that was, that was there. Yeah. Anyway, our scripture readings here on purpose. Kimberly's always so good at it. Would you please? Let's refocus and pray let, and read. <clears throat> let's pray. Father, you are the only one worthy of our praise and honor and worship. The vastness of your love and sacrifice for us leaves us in awestruck wonder. Thank you for the advocate you've given us in Jesus and for the scriptures you've given us to help us learn and know your heart. Help us to be responsible with your precious written words, to seek the truth in them, and to be changed through them for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me for the reading of the word? Our text today is out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. But as for you, 
continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thanks, honey. So we'll be coming back to that scripture uh, later on in this message, too, and uh, got lots of scripture to go over, very excited uh, about uh, this talk today. Uh, but we did mention uh, a verse at the start of the series, Mark twelve twenty four. So if you have your Bibles or your apps, you can go there, kind of get ready for that, because we'll be uh, in and around there. But uh, before we jump in, I wanted to do a quick recap of everything we've gone over in this sword sharpening series. Because as we've mentioned, it's about making the most out of our time with the Bible. And we, we learned how we approach the Bible, how we begin to study it. And we started by saying that the Bible is pointing to a central character. And that central character is Jesus. The Bible is pointing to Jesus. The Bible's not pointing to us or anybody else. The Bible is pointing to Jesus. We also learned that the Bible, uh, even though it's, you know, in one singular book here, it's not a singular book. It's a library of books uh, composed of many different letters and books composed by many different authors from all sorts of walks of life at various different periods of time written to different intended audiences. So we need to remember that is well, that the Bible's written to us, but not, uh, I'm sorry, the Bible is written for us, but not to us. I need one more cup of coffee. I apologize. The Bible is written for us, but not to us. I just, yeah. Okay, cool. So we also learned never read a Bible verse, okay? That's just never read a Bible verse, right? And what that means is never just read a Bible verse. We learned that context is key, context, 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 that when we read a Bible verse, we got to see what paragraph it's in, uh, and then we see what chapter it's in, and then we look at what book it's in, who wrote the book, when was that book written, who was that book written to? It was not to us, but for us, right? Okay. So we did a review on, on those uh, concepts in Sword Sharpening Part 14, if you want a quick review there. It was also like the first four parts of the series, so you got some homework. I never believed in homework, never liked homework, but now you got it, so there you go. You can go back. Uh, we, we also took the Bible, and we put it into uh, this storyline in eight sections to kind of help us get an idea of when and where things are happening, and we broke it into these eight kingdom sections. Uh, we looked at these. We looked at Kingdom Revealed. That was uh, the first couple of chapters in Genesis, and uh, that's going to be the title of our next series, Kingdom Revealed, and there's even more flowcharts and lots of great information, so uh, be excited about that. My dad started clapping. He's a... 
He let me consult on the next flowchart, though, because there was so much in that one. And uh, the, the, the flowchart, we did go over is in the app. We'll be talking about that briefly here. But yeah, Kingdom Revealed, first two chapters in Genesis. Uh, after that, we looked at Kingdom Rebellion. And what we needed to remember from that was uh, the, the fall, the flood, and the Tower of Babel. Uh, we looked at Kingdom Covenant, which was the, the patriarchs we needed to remember, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Uh, we look at kingdom foreshadowed, which was that early uh, kingdom of Israel time. We see uh, kingdom coming, which is the the, the exile, uh, the, the Old Testament prophets there. Uh, we see kingdom incarnate. Kingdom tension is going to incorporate John the Baptist, Jesus's time on earth in the early Christian church from Acts all the way to Revelation. Uh, and then at the very end of Revelation, we see kingdom consummated. So uh, these eight sections that we uh, just mentioned there are going to be our next eight series, and it's going to be a few years, so I encourage you to never miss a weekend. Be here every weekend so you don't miss a single message, okay? So now you don't have to worry what you're going to do with your Sunday mornings. You're going to be here. (laughs) The last few weeks, uh, we've added a few more ideas that we really need to have Uh, as we read and study and learn the Bible, that everything that we do needs to be grounded and founded on love as we learn to love well. That when we read the Bible, it's supposed to draw us closer to God. We read in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. We're going to be coming back to this chapter. That's why I told you to to grab it on your, your phones if you have a phone Bible or a Bible Bible. Cool, but look it up. But we see in Mark chapter 12, Verse 28, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating and noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, the one we'll be talking about here shortly. He asked him of all the commandments, which is the most important? Well, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear this, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. He's given you another one, a bogo, if you will. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love God, love others. That's what Jesus says is the most important thing to get. From this passage, uh, I'd say this, that I believe that the primary purpose of the Bible is to foster loving relationships with God and with other people. Bible reading and Bible studying should help us realize how much God loves us. The amazing gift he's given us and this, this life in him, is it, it, it should move us. It should inspire us. It should change us. And when that happens, that makes us more loving to the people around us. So we need to know. Read the truth. Know the Bible grounded in love. Uh, then that flow chart that we mentioned, that is available uh, on the church app. You can look it up and consult that. Uh, that takes his story and it fits it into history. Okay, so that, that was cool how it lines up and you see these, these world events and these other uh, re- religious views and how they stack up to Christianity and why Christianity is the truth because we, we heard Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. And, uh, you know, that, that's pivotal. That's, that's the truth right there. So we have to know that truth and then be, be grounded in love because Jesus was able to say that. And, uh, you know, what, what's cool is that 
Uh, when, when people are talking, when they don't believe, it's like, well, we think Jesus is a stand-up guy, but we don't, we don't like the church. And uh, my dad mentioned it's because the, the reason why that is, why Jesus was able to say that, but people still respect him even when they don't agree with him, is that Jesus lived in perfect love. And that perfect love is what gives, is why he's Jesus, right? So, he's Jesus. So we looked at that flow chart, consult that. Uh, we talked about how we need to deal with hard Bible verses uh, last week. And we'll have another uh, good one to chew on, as, as I like to say. Uh, but we learned that we need to deal with hard Bible verses uh, by keeping them in context like the Bereans did. Uh, we read that the Bereans were a, a group of Jewish people in the early church. We read about them in Acts chapter 17. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Okay, I pronounced it wrong last night. As I said Thessalonica, and apparently it's, it's Thessalonica. So we were learning together. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. The Bereans were excited about the Bible. They pursued it with great eagerness and they checked it every day to make sure what what they were hearing was actually the word of God. Uh, We learned to not be like Marcion. Uh, Marcion was a a scholar around uh, 140 AD and uh, he was known for taking the Bible and sort of uh, tearing it up and making his own version of the Bible uh, that included a truncated version of Luke and uh, bits and pieces of Paul's epistles and completely bypassed the, the Old Testament. And we, we learned to not do that because uh, that's not what we're supposed to do. We have to keep the Bible in context. Uh, Marcion's issue was that he refused to believe that the God of the Old Testament was the same as the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. He couldn't believe in a God who was full of wrath and justice. So he, like I mentioned, he bypasses the Old Testament take some cliff notes of Luke, little bit of Paul's. Don't do that. And unfortunately, people do that all the time. They will cherry pick Bible verses, take them completely out of context and try to get their own will out of God's word. And that, that's not how we're supposed to be. That's being like Marcion. Be like the Bereans who read the Bible in context and, and try to see what God is really saying in the written word. So, uh, we've been mentioning Mark 12, 24. We're going to look at that today. Uh, we've mentioned it uh, since the start of the series, and uh, Jesus is responding to a question with a question. We did a series maybe last year, the questions that Jesus asked, and one of Jesus' favorite strategies was to answer a question with a question, and it was so good, and this is, you know, this is great. All of his responses are great, but he answers a question with this, are you not in error? And he's saying, are you not in error because you do not know the power of God or the scriptures? And that's Mark 12, 24. Are you not in error because you do not know the power of God or the scriptures? So uh, this verse in context now, because remember we're taking these Bible verses and we're putting them in context. Uh, Mark chapter 12, uh, Jesus is talking to a group of religious leaders uh, called the Sadducees, and we're going to learn more about them in a bit. But uh, let's read Mark chapter 12, verse 18 and following. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, 
the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, uh, but he also died, leaving no child. And it was the same with the third. And in fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too, so they all died. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were all married to her? And so this is where Jesus responds to that. Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Uh, Now, about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You're badly mistaken. So, uh, Jesus is talking to the Sadducees, he's fielding a series of questions, and uh, the Sadducees are trying to trip Jesus up in his own words. They're trying to make him say something false, and you know they're doing whatever they can. Uh, the Sadducees' question was dishonest to begin with, uh, because the Sadducees uh, denied uh, the reality of a future resurrection. They didn't believe in life after life after death, and that's why they were sad. You see, that's. That that's yeah. I mean, I heard that joke when I was this tall. So every time you see sad, you see. You know why they were sad? You see. So they didn't believe in a resurrection. Uh, the Sadducees also didn't believe uh, in angels. So their question was purely for the purpose of trapping Jesus. And Jesus's response not only answers their question, but also confronted their error concerning uh, two doctrines the future resurrection, and the existence of angels. And it's in an answer to one of those questions that Jesus says, and this this was one of those tough verses, right? Mark 12, 25, When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. So the the Sadducees are trying to present uh, this crazy scenario. You know, how often uh, are, are seven... Guy's going to marry the, the, the same girl, all dying. You know, so it's just a crazy thing. Uh, when Moses wrote uh, the Mosaic Law, uh, at that time, the Israelite culture, uh, family lineage was everything. Uh, that, that's how they, they did property. It's how their culture was assembled. It was through these family lineages. So, you know, they fast forward a thousand years and the culture shifts to, to not do that. But they're, they're quoting this Mosaic Law and Deuteronomy chapter 25, uh, if brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside the family. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her. The first son she bears shall carry on the name of the dead brother so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. That, that's how they kept these, these records going. It was, it was through these, these, these family lines. So the, the Sadducees are taking this out of context, okay, when they're, they're presenting this scenario where this woman was married seven times to seven different brothers. And then that's when they ask Jesus, after they've presented this, you know, insane scenario, now then, at the resurrection, which we don't believe in, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? So uh, Jesus attributes... Uh, the Sadducees' doctrinal errors 
to the ignorance of two things. And you should know this by now, because we've read this verse about half a dozen times. Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? He's saying you've taken the Bible completely out of context. And because you're doing that, you misunderstand the, the power of God and what God is and what God does. Jesus then reveals the truth that at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Uh, And we'll we'll chew on that here in a second. But uh, he proceeds to prove from the scriptures that there is life after death and that there will be a resurrection. He quotes Exodus 3.6, when we see in Mark 12.26, about the dead rising. Jesus says, Have you not read in the book of Moses... In the account of the burning bush, how God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. Jesus here is pointing to God, identifying himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, We see I am with that emphasis there. He's speaking in the present tense. Jesus is saying that God is not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living, meaning that the patriarchs uh, were were still alive and that God is still their God. That's really cool news. That means there's this life after life after death that we've talked about so often. Uh, Jesus uh, doesn't address here why people will not marry at the resurrection and uh, uh, you know, we can all form our own things and uh, as we hear these sort of maybe tough things to to chew on. It helps us draw closer to him as we begin to trust him more. But uh, in speaking of this, some have speculated that marriage won't exist uh, in our resurrected state because procreation will no longer be necessary. Uh, some have suggested that marriage, uh, which is to serve as a symbol of Christ and his, his church, we, we see that symbolism in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, that won't be necessary anymore as the reality will have replaced that symbolism and, uh, you know, you're welcome to, to digest that, right? What, what happens at the resurrection and, uh, just, just know that it's gonna be cool, okay? And we don't, we don't need to feel awkward. We can trust in God and he's got a great plan. But coming back to Jesus' response, uh, he makes several things clear in his response to the, the Sadducees that there is certainly a resurrection, uh, that this state of being is gonna be so much different from what we experience now, uh, marriage doesn't happen, and that humanity will be like the angels who also uh, do not marry. And um, so people aren't going to marry or be given in marriage in this resurrected state. But know this, uh, it doesn't mean that we forget our earthly relationships. Uh, to say that, you know, you forget everything that happens on earth once you go uh, to heaven, it's, it's stretching the text beyond what it says. So that's not what the Bible uh, is saying. You'll, you'll remember, I don't exactly know what it's going to be like, but again, I'm trusting in God that it's going to be so much better than anything I can imagine. Uh, we also see uh, being like the angels in heaven. Uh, it doesn't mean that people become angels. Uh, sometimes that gets confused, uh, only that they'll be like the angels uh, regarding marriage. Okay, So that's, that's what that verse is saying there. So we look forward uh, to this resurrection, uh, to, we look forward to this new creation. Uh, is it's going to be awesome? 
It's going to be a glorious event. It's going to be uh, so amazing. And, you know, we're promised this, this new creation, this resurrected state. We read in uh, Revelation chapter 21, and it's one of the most touching verses uh, that we read. Uh, chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And see, we know how how, how powerful that verse is, right? Because we've held it in context. We know that Jesus is awesome. So, As we take these verses, the verses that make us go yes and the verses that make us go what? Read them all. Read and think about the Bible. That's been the whole central point of this series, that if you walk away with anything, read and think about the Bible. We've encouraged you, we've implored you to spend time with the Bible. And, you know, trust me, I know it. Spending time doing other things is so much easier. You might be a to-do list kind of person where you, you can't sit down and concentrate on a Bible because you have like four things that you got to get done. And then by the time you do that, you no longer feel like sitting down. You kind of just want to watch TV. That, that, that happens. I get it. But it is so important that we spend a little time in the Bible every day, drawing closer to him. The the world needs us, the church, to know what's in the Bible so we can talk about it. The world desperately needs us to know the scripture and to know it in context and to have the truth with love. My wife read earlier 2 Timothy. We're going to read it again. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. we got to know the Scriptures. So that we're equipped to do the work that God has for us. It's so, and it, it's cool. That, that's where we find life is when we're, we're living the life that God calls us to. There, there's, no, there's no better life. I know this, that anyone uh, can take a couple verses out of context. Uh, they can form a belief on it. They can make it sound convincing. They can post it on TikTok with some touching background music and get you to believe all sorts of silliness. But that's, that's not how we read the Bible. The, the, the more information, the more opinions there are about God, the more deeply we need to grow our own understanding of Scripture to be able to discern what is and what isn't what God has for us in his word. Reading the Bible should excite us. It should draw us closer to the Lord. 
when we're reading it, the way we've learned how to handle it, how to approach it, where we're keeping the Bible in context, understanding that our worldview, our lens needs to shift, uh, it's going to change how we perceive it. Because when we read the Bible, remember, it should draw us closer to God and help us to be more loving towards others. If you're reading the Bible and you're taking a verse and you're taking it out of context and then you're starting to like weaponize it against other people, you're not reading it correctly. That, that happens too often. Don't do that. Okay? Keep the Bible in context. You know, read, read more of the scripture. When you get to a verse that's just kind of hard to chew on, because that's, that's going to happen, okay? Write it down and just put it away and save it for another day. But keep reading the word. Don't stop reading the word just because you get to something you don't understand or you, you, know, you, you disagree with yet. Put it away, pray, wrestle with it, keep reading something else in the Bible, come back to it. Just stay in his word, stay committed to it. It makes such a difference in our lives when we do that. The world desperately needs us, the church, to know the scripture. Read and think about the Bible. So important. Our ministry team is going to be heading over to the prayer wall over there. We we believe in prayer. Uh, We believe it makes a difference and if you need prayer for anything, anyone over on that wall will, uh, will pray for you. If you need prayer for healing, uh, for intercession, for situational breakthrough, get, get prayed up. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, uh, go over there today, ask them how you do that. That is the single best decision that you'll ever make. They'll lead you through that, and it, it, it's awesome. It's where life is found. Uh, also got to say this, church, thank you so much for your amazing generosity. You guys are awesome. Uh, when you partner with us, it helps us keep the doors open, the lights on, and uh, we really appreciate that. So uh, the information is on the screens there. It's also on the app if you need it. Uh, this is where we sing the doxology. So I'm going to put the words up. Uh, we sang it earlier, but let's sing it again. Here we go. Praise God done. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you and give you peace and go today in the peace, the power and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, We'll see you next week. Remember, you got a few years to be here every Sunday. Um, On your way out, please be careful. It's it's a little slippery. So hold on to a railing. Uh, Do not fall down. You're not allowed to fall down. So don't. Uh, catch some, well, I don't think anybody's going fishing today, but hope your team wins. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs> and uh, Church Online, thank you so much for joining us today. We love you and we really appreciate you. Next weekend, my dad's back up uh, starting our next series called Kingdom Revealed. Uh, we're going over the first couple of chapters in Genesis and there's a lot of good stuff in there, so you won't want to miss it. Uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Goodbye. Goodbye.